Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Happy Thursday. We're almost there. We have almost finished 2021. We made it. I mean, well, we still have three more years of of Joe Biden's presidency unless he resigns in shame, dies, or is impeached. But we made it through the first year. And we were talking to Joe about this yesterday. Um, It can feel really bleak. It certainly can, but when as we go through Joe Biden's list of accomplishments, mainly his major failures, we're going to be doing this over the next three, four episodes, doing all, every basically recapping the year. So today is going to be quarter one. If we can get through all of Q1 2021, that's January, February, March. This was much harder than I thought it would be. Um, there's too many clips to pull. We'd be here for hours trying to condense three months into a one hour episode, <laughs> but we're going to recap it and we're going to play the clips. Obviously this is a big one because Joe Biden fell up the stairs, not once, but twice. So it's not many quarters. You can say that the president of the United States fell up the stairs twice. So that's definitely a record, but, uh, we're going to go through as much as we can today. And yeah, so J- Joe was feeling a little bit Debbie Downer yesterday. Um, obviously, he had his whole big uh, <laughs> 24-hour live stream, but he was, he, was, he was talking about how it doesn't feel like we've accomplished anything. And as we talk about Joe Biden's quote-unquote accomplishments, realize that he has accomplished nothing. So that is one of our major accomplishments as an organization, as a conservative movement, making sure that Joe Biden ends this year with really nothing on the board. I mean, it, it feels it feels like the end of Barack Obama's presidency, right? In the beginning, Barack Obama had a supermajority in the Senate, majority in the House. He was able to push through whatever he wanted. He chose Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. As you start getting towards the end of his administration, when he lost the House, he lost the Senate, he didn't get to accomplish anything except for what he implemented by executive order. So that, those last years of the uh, Obama presidency, Remind me a lot of the first year of the Biden quote unquote presidency because he has not accomplished anything except for what he has done by executive orders. It's the ultimate sign of weakness to have a majority in the House and the Senate and be unable to push anything major across the finish line. That didn't happen by accident. That happened because of activism from patriots like you. Right? I mean, a year is in the books. We have run 365 fax blast campaigns this year. Those matter. Putting pressure on members of Congress and the House and the Senate, Republicans and Democrats alike, that matters. Not just in crafting what legislation gets put to the vote, but also crafting what amendments get added to bills and what passes and what doesn't. The reason you have people like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema pushing back against the left's plan to try and drag us into socialism is because they are political creatures. They want to be reelected. They are desperate 
to be reelected. They want to make this a career. Well, I mean, Joe Manchin has made it a career. Kirsten Cinema is still still new at this. But they don't they don't flip without pressure from you. They don't. I mean, <laughs> they are getting it from all sides of the Democratic caucus. They're being called traitors, every name you can throw at them. But they are resisting. And and the reason that they've resisted, the reason that the GOP has fought so hard against things that quite frankly they supported two years ago is because conservatives, Americans like you, push back against them. So obviously not a time to rest on our laurels, but it's a good moment at the end of the year to give yourself a pat on the back, a round of applause. While the fight isn't over, we're, we're ending 2021 in much better shape than I think any of us, us thought we would be at the start of the year. Remember, elections stolen, January 6th nonsense, insurrection trying to rush everything they can through and they got nothing they got nothing except covid spending you gotta give yourself a pat on the back so let's get into some of this stuff uh if we go to my screen mr producer as you'll remember joe biden had the most heavily attended inauguration in american history i was <laughs> just kidding no one was allowed to attend <laughs> they, they let a few people attend but that was it. So Joe Biden, more votes than anyone in American history. Smallest audience for an inauguration ever. Now, obviously, they put up the fence around the Capitol, Fort Pelosi, as, uh, as Congresswoman Boebert called it. But just want to make sure we, we set the tone. If, you, if you're wondering why Joe Biden is deeply, deeply unpopular, with just 36% approval in the latest poll that was released, you look at pictures like this and you can see the writing on the wall. The most popular president in American history doesn't get a turnout like this on Inauguration Day. You'd have people lining the streets past the barricades trying to get, catch a glimpse. So just want just to set the tone with that. We can go ahead and take down my screen, Mr. Producer. <clears throat> so he's inaugurated on January 20th. On his first day in office, he did a lot of <laughs> he did a lot of things that we expected him to do. First of all, he declared that it was a national day of unity. Now, I don't know about you, but I wasn't unified on January twentieth. The only thing I said this yesterday: the only thing that Joe Biden did to unify the country was unify more people against him. But he proclaimed it a national day of unity, and then he got to work dismantling and unraveling Donald Trump's major accomplishments. So on day one, he rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement. The Paris Climate Agreement, that is a, it's it should be a treaty, but they designed it so it wouldn't have to be a treaty. It is an agreement that Barack Obama signed us onto without ever seeking congressional ratification for it. Basically, it's a wealth redistribution scheme. It's the idea that the United Nations will take our money and give it away to countries like India and China so that they can advance through their, their different modernization cycles using greener energy. So instead of India having to use coal, they could jump right from coal to solar panel, wind power, solar powers, wind power. That's, that's the goal. But in reality, it's just trying to cut us off at the knees and then help the very country, the countries that have been stealing American jobs 
for decades. So it was all a wealth redistribution scheme. And it would, it would require that we take steps environmentally, which I don't mind. I don't mind having cleaner air, cleaner water. Great. The problem is if we did everything in this treaty, it wouldn't even move the needle on world temperatures because the, the treaty doesn't require China to do anything binding. So it's taking our money away. It is cutting us off at the knees and forcing us to adopt um, harmful uh, and destructive environmental policies while letting China and India and other world polluters pollute without any um, without anyone stopping. So that was what Joe Biden did. He rejoined the Paris Agreement. And since Barack Obama signed it without congressional ratification, Donald Trump rescinded it. And then Joe Biden signed us back onto it. So this agreement has now been signed onto twice by American presidents, presidents without Congress ever voting on it, which is a violation of the, uh, the treaty clause of the United States Constitution. Immediately after, Joe Biden rescinded Donald Trump's decision to withdraw from the World Health Organization. As you'll remember, Donald Trump withdrew from the World Health Organization, the WHO, the WHO, because they were literally covering up for China's involvement in releasing the COVID-19 pathogen on into the world, right? The WHO was quite literally holding water, carrying the water for the Chinese Communist Party, and they were covering up their crimes. So Donald Trump said, whoa, 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 we're not going to give money to an organization that's trying to cover up the source of the pandemic. So Trump withdrew. And it, it got a lot of pushback from Republicans and Democrats. But the question is, why? send American treasure, American tax dollars, American wealth overseas to an organization that is anti-American, pro-China. Why do it? I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things that it, it, it seems controversial, but it, it really isn't. The United States should only exert our power, our influence, and spend our wealth on international causes that are in our interest. When the WHO is covering up for China, it's not in our interest. Well, Joe Biden decided to unwithdraw, sign us back onto the WHO, send them all the money that Donald Trump had refused to send them. And then he named Anthony Fauci as the head of the United States WHO delegation. You know, Anthony Fauci, the guy who is responsible for more deaths than any other American bureaucrat. <laughs> The man who has presided over and encouraged the biggest erosion of American civil liberties that this continent has ever seen. That Anthony Fauci. Also, magazine cover model Anthony Fauci. So that happened. Then Joe Biden issued an executive order to revoke the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. This was a big one. Now, there already is a Keystone pipeline that goes from Canada through south through the United States. Keystone XL pipeline was going to basically make it more efficient, add an additional route to it, cut a corner. And it was necessary, right? You, you look at the, the, the oil sands of Canada and the, and the oil exploration, oil drilling, fracking that they're doing up there. They need the ability to reach ports. So this was going to allow them to more easily transport oil from Canada down to the Gulf of Mexico, where it could be shipped into the world market. This was going to be a major tool in fighting against rising 
gas prices rising, oil prices rising, home heating oil prices, because it was going to make it easier to ship this oil to market. If anyone knows um, the the was see the oil sands, the tar sands. It's been a while since I've read it. Oil exploration in Canada is very dirty. It, it's it's very messy, and it isn't cheap, right? I mean, you, you look at fracking, hydraulic fracturing works by basically creating fissures in the earth and collecting oil from lots of small pockets. So back in the day, you drill down, find a big pocket of oil, extract that oil, and then you're done. They'd find smaller pockets, but it wouldn't make sense. It's not economically viable to spend all the money drilling into these individual pockets. Fra hydraulic fracturing fractures the earth, so basically it can create these fissures so that all the oil can then be sucked up through one, um, through one rig. The only way that that is economically viable is because it doesn't take a lot of effort to do it and oil prices are high, right? When oil prices go down, obviously it, it isn't worth it. Well, in Canada, the, one of the biggest costs is you have to move that oil. You have to move that oil to market, just like any other good. And it was it's so expensive to do it. And if we're being completely honest, shipping it by rail is very dangerous. The left loves to talk about pipelines and how it's a risk for the environment. Transporting oil by pipeline is far safer than by than transporting it by rail. I mean, it's not even close. So Joe Biden canceled that. He also canceled a lot of uh, Donald Trump's environmental actions, basically um, trying to drag the country back into the Obama years. You can you can thank Joe Biden and, and what he did here, and among other things he did, for the rising gas prices. I mean, gas is a dollar over a dollar per gallon more expensive than it was this time last year because of what Joe Biden has done. So after that, he ex issued an executive order to halt all funding for the border wall along the Mexican border. This was a promise of his. It was the uh, arguably Donald Trump's biggest achievement. I mean, a biggest actually concrete policy achievement because literally this wall was, was placed into concrete. Joe Biden revoked it. And what he did was he ordered all construction to halt, even though the United States had contracts with these construction companies, even though the United States had already purchased the materials, the, actually, the actual Ballard fencing that was going to go up, Joe Biden ordered them to stop. So what happened was all construction ceased. And you had construction crews walk off the job and literally leave gaps in the border wall. Now, those gaps are starting to be filled because <laughs> after all the after all the, the pomp and circumstance of Joe Biden signing this executive order, the government realized, hey, we can't just have gaps in the border wall. We need to fill them, which was Trump's argument all along. <laughs> so now they're being, they're being uh, completed. These projects are being completed. But on January 20th, 2021, Joe Biden ordered them to stop. And the crews literally walked off the job and left everything like a ghost town. Well, then they were actually forced to come back because the government said, hey, we're not going to pay you to do the job, but we are going to pay you to watch the equipment and make sure no one steals it. So you had this weird, this was weird development where in the weeks that followed this, you had border wall construction crews being paid millions not to build the border wall. Weird little dynamic there. Joe Biden also issued a proclamation to repeal his trap, the Trump travel ban on Middle Eastern countries. Now that is in itself a lie. It wasn't just Middle Eastern countries that were involved. North Korea was on his travel ban list, as you will remember. 
Um, this had nothing to do with people's faith. Right? If, if it had to do with banning Muslims from coming to the United States, then Donald Trump would have targeted Indonesia and he would have targeted Saudi Arabia, two of the biggest Muslim countries on earth. But no, they were not included. What Trump's travel ban was all about was lo- identifying states, countries where they do not have the infrastructure or they are refusing to help the United States vet people's identities. And we saw this with the Afghanistan collapse. There were people coming over to the United States from Afghanistan who were child molesters, who were terrorists, who were really bad, hardened criminals. They snuck through. Why? Because obviously there was the chaos of trying to get everyone out of Kabul because Joe Biden (laughs) bungled that. But there was no one on the Afghan side to actually vet these people, right? The Afghan government fell. So who is the State Department going to call to verify that someone is who they say they are? There's no one to pick up the phone. So when you go to somewhere like Somalia, which is a failed state, which obviously you have the government claims to control Mogadishu, maybe, You have these warlords outside of Mogadishu that control different parts of the country. There is no unified government. So if you live in the countryside in Somalia and you commit a crime, there isn't a database for that. I mean, the government can't actually tell you who people are and what their histories are. So when someone from Somalia wants to immigrate to the United States, how do you run a background check on them when the government can't help you run the background check? When you look at Iran... Iran would not help us run background checks because Iran says death to America. They would want nothing more. They want nothing more than for a terrorist to come to the United States and kill people. So why would you trust people coming from Iran if you can't vet them? That's what the travel ban was all about. And Joe Biden rescinded it, meaning that he was perfectly comfortable countries sending us people that they could not or would not tell us who they are. That's saved that, right? That, that sounds great. <clears throat> so uh, they, they confirmed the head, the DNI, fine. Um, then Joe Biden directed the Department of Education to extend the pause on federal student loans. That's something he would do a number of times. And now he says he did it again. He says it's going to be the last time. Uh, I, I, I doubt that they are going to, that the left is going to let Joe Biden do, uh, not rescind student loans. I, I can't imagine that they'll let them ever get paid off, but who knows? So that was his first day. I mean, we are now what? We are 20 minutes. Oh, I don't think we're going to get through Q1. <laughs> we're 20 minutes into the podcast and we just talked about Joe Biden's first day in office. Oh my goodness. This is hard. <laughs> Let's talk about his second day in office. We'll get through as many days as we can. Joe Biden signed 10 different executive orders to have the federal government respond to COVID-19. Now, this sounds weird because just a couple of days ago, Joe Biden admitted there is no federal solution to COVID-19. Yeah, this was weird. But that was back when Joe Biden claimed he had a plan. So he implemented the plan. Now, it included forcing people to wear masks on planes, something that doctors and the CEOs of the airlines say is unnecessary. Trains. Right. Something that has eventually turned into the vaccine mandate for Amtrak and has resulted in Amtrak shutting down routes. I mean, just, just think about that. And Amtrak got, was it 600 million? 600 million, 600 billion. They got a lot of money in the last package. And after getting all that cash, Amtrak just shut down routes because vaccine mandate. They lost 
workers and they can't service all of the different routes. So he, he signed 10 executive orders into effect, including using the Defense Production Act to speed up vaccine distribution. It didn't really happen. Vaccine distribution went on its own anyway. He then gave a quote unquote speech. Uh, teleprompter. His early speeches actually weren't bad. It was it was once he started getting comfortable, he started messing things up. And then Joe Biden announced that he was suspending all new oil and gas drilling permits on federal lands for 60 days. That's another thing that drove the cost of gasoline up. Now, there are already a lot of permits and leases, fine. But if you if if companies cannot continue to explore, continue to grow their drilling operations, it's going to drive up costs, which it did. See, second day wasn't that big of a deal. I was able to get through that pretty quickly. So day two, day three, signs the executive order telling agencies to boost boost the food aid and, and, and make sure stimulus checks got to people on time. Yeah, it doesn't really work that way. And they signed executive orders restoring collective bargaining power for federal workers and to increase the minimum wage for federal employees up to $15 an hour. He then spent the next couple of days doing pretty much nothing. He held a couple of phone calls with world leaders, and that was really it. Monday, January 25th, that'd be what, his fifth day in office, Joe Biden rescinded Donald Trump's ban on transgender uh, men and women serving in the United States military and requiring that the Department of Defense not only accept transgender in, uh, in people enlisting, but also to pay for all of the subsequent surgeries and medical care. That's something that, listen, people, people sign up for join the military for all different reasons. Some people join up to see the world. Some people join up because they want to get the GI Bill and go to school. Um, usually, you don't have people sign up to join the military because they want to turn their genitals from an innie to an Audi or vice versa. But that is apparently, <laughs> that's apparently where we're at now. So transgender servicemen and women or whatever their preferred pronoun is, are now allowed to serve openly in the United States military. Also on this day, five days after rescinding Donald Trump's travel ban, Joe Biden implemented his own travel ban targeting South Africa, the United Kingdom, and Brazil because of COVID-19. And this day was significant because it was the day that the House of Representatives brought impeachment charges against Donald Trump because of the, uh, the so-called insurrection. It, you almost forget, right? This year has been so long. You almost forget that Donald Trump was impeached this year. Right? It, it, it feels like that was years ago. But no, that happened at the end of January. The House of Representatives impeached a former president for nothing. <laughs> for nothing. He didn't do anything. I mean, Donald Trump, they literally played his speech on January 6th at his impeachment trial. And they literally played the part where he said, go protest peacefully. Now still impeach him for it. It's insanity. But I, I still can't believe that that was this year. It feels like that was years ago. So as Joe Biden signed an executive order to make the government buy America, and that already happened, is worthless. The next day, 
Biden signed an executive order denouncing xenophobia against Asian Americans because of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is something that the left has tried to make a thing, but it hasn't really been a thing. It's the China virus. That's what it is. It's, it's the Wuhan coronavirus. That's what the name was. I mean, in the early days, they were saying you can't call it the China virus while simultaneously calling it the UK strain. I mean, that, that was, there was just like, it was very strange. So it was racist to call it the China virus, but it is not racist or bigoted or xenophobic to call it the UK strain or the Indian strain, Indian variant. Well, on this day, January 26, Joe Biden signed an executive order denouncing anyone who made fun of anyone of Asian descent because of the pandemic. Ended the DOJ's contracts with private prisons. That's actually not that bad. <laughs> but the, the the racism. Like, oh, we're a fight racism. Okay, Joe Biden. Most racist, pres racist president we've had in decades. Okay, you're right. On this day, he also rescinded <clears throat> the zero tolerance policy at the border. That's the idea that if you cross the border illegally, the federal government's going to actually enforce the law. Donald Trump did that. And what, what happened was illegal alien children and illegal alien parents got separated because if you are enforcing the law and you are detaining illegal border crossers, you can't put children in adult prisons. You can't put adult in children prisons or detention facilities. You can't. Why? Because they end up getting raped. Let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. That's why you don't put grown men in detention facilities with children, period. It's the only thing you do. If you're going to enforce law, it's the only way to do it. Well, Joe Biden announced that he isn't going to do that anymore. Wasn't going to do that anymore. And uh, was going to just continue to let people in catch and release style. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Also on this day, uh, I don't, we don't really have to mention it, but you got to put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Kamala Harris got the second dose. I don't know why this, this image is so damn grainy, but she got the second dose of her COVID vaccine. Interestingly enough, this is a vaccine that both she and Joe Biden said did not exist before Joe Biden was sworn in. So how does that work? How could the vaccine not have existed if this was her second dose six days after taking office? It's, it's, it's just one of, those, one of those things. I don't know. I, I mean, sometimes I try and be too literal. But uh, it was a lie. It was a major, major lie of the Biden uh, early presidency. And we actually have that lie on clip, Mr. Producer. Let's, let's play cut number two. And uh, the biggest thing, though, as you remember, when you and I, no, I shouldn't say it that way, as you remember, but when you and I talked last, we talked about it's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office, but a vaccinator. How do you get the vaccine into someone's arm? Didn't have the vaccine when they came into office, and yet here Kamala Harris is six days later getting a shot in the arm. Hmm. One of those things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> oh, no, we know it's a lie. Like, I can't believe I have to fact check this shit. But <laughs> I do. Apparently, apparently I do. Um, also, almost missed it. Joe Biden, right around this time, experienced his first fall climbing up the stairs to Air Force One, his first of the quarter. There were multiple. Now, he caught himself. This wasn't the true fall. But, Mr. Producer, let's play cut number one. Got it. Almost did it. He's like, ah, you're not going to get me. 
Let's stumble. Let's stumble. Don't worry. In the rematch, the stairs win. We'll get to that in a little bit. So we we, we can kind of jump forward because there's not a whole lot of uh, of things that he did the next couple of days. He doubled down and 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 made the ban on new natural gas and oil development leases on federal lands and waters more permanent on the 27th of January. Um, signed executive orders about Affordable Care Act and Medicaid the next day. The big one, though, and this is one that, that hits close to home if you're pro-life, he rescinded Donald Trump's policy, the Mexico City policy. The Mexico City policy was an executive order originally implemented by Ronald Reagan and then reinstated by Donald Trump. Basically, it says that the United States is not in the abortion business and will not give foreign aid to any organization that facilitates or refers for abortions. So if you're an abortion provider overseas, you don't get American tax dollars because why would the American people want to be in the in the business of killing foreign babies? It's just it's it's not it's not one of our one of our core interests. Right? National defense, fine. Right? I, I got that. I I if it's defense funding, I understand that. I understand the interest. Making sure that abortion providers in China can kill children simply for because parents don't want that many kids or the government doesn't want them to have that many kids. That's an, that's evil. Well, Joe Biden rescinded that to make sure that American tax dollars could still flow overseas to abortion providers. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it for January. We made it through January and we are only halfway through our episode. That's not a good sign. We might have to <laughs> we have to continue Q1 later tonight and, and or figure a way to, to speed this up a bit. I just I don't want to just be reading a list. I want to actually talk about it, but we'll see. We will see. Now in February, you had a lot of things. You you had immigration executive orders where Joe Biden was saying he wanted to reunite the children who were separated. Ah oh, that had to be separated because of the law. Ah, oh, the damn law. He ended remain in Mexico, which a constitutional Supreme Court forced him to re-implement it. And then also decide that he wants to make it easier for immigrants to become American citizens. I don't have a problem with that. But you understand why he does that. He does that because he wants more Democrat voters. So that is is (laughs) that was the first couple days. I mean, as we get into this, Joe Biden is is not doing as many things. He is starting to really hunker down <laughs> and hide in the Oval Office. On the 4th of February, he signed an executive order to increase refugee admissions to 125,000 refugees. Now, if this seems idiotic during a pandemic, yes, this is going to be a recurring theme as we talk about Joe Biden's failures over his presidency to have a global pandemic. And to say we are going to bring in 125,000 refugees during a global pandemic is idiotic. It is about as idiotic as it gets. But again, that is a recurring theme from the Biden presidency. He also signed an executive order saying that the government would protect the rights of LGBTQ plus people abroad. I don't really, I don't really get the acronym. It keeps growing. I guess the plus is is for people who don't want to know all the other letters. 
But no, is that we're going to protect the rights of gay people? I, I don't have a problem with that. I just think it's it's pretty pretty much pandering. Now, the Senate on January on February fifth passed the one point nine st- stimulus package, and Kamala Harris was forced to cast the tie breaking vote. This is something she's going to have to do a lot over the past uh, in twenty twenty one because the Democrats only have a tie breaking majority. Yeah, Joe Biden basically hunkered down for the next few days. And you get to the next week. I'm just looking through this. He didn't really do a whole lot, but he did have a town hall. He did have a town hall. And I just played a little bit from that town hall of of him claiming that he didn't have the vaccine. This was another lie that he told at the town hall, which was actually pretty disgusting. We covered it at the time on the podcast. Joe Biden on CNN at the town hall claimed that minorities don't know how to use the Internet. It's the kind of statement you only would hear from a racist. But he said it and he got away with it. Mr. Bruce, let's play cut number three. The, uh, the other part, portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the, at the Walgreens or at, at, at the particular. Yeah. African-Americans don't know how to use the internet. They don't know how to sign up for vaccine appointments. And if Donald Trump said that he would have been crucified in the media. He would have been crucified. Imagine thinking so low, so little of African-Americans that you think they can't use the Internet. When you know Joe Biden himself probably can't use the Internet. I just, that is what racism is. I mean, it's the bigotry of low expectations. It's, it's the belief that someone else is so inferior that they can't do it and they need your help. I mean, <laughs> the left calls that a white savior complex. The idea that Joe Biden, a white man, needs to ride in on his horse and save the day and teach the lowly black people how to get on the internet. It's just, it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, that, that's far more racist than Joe Biden using the N-word, which we're about to get to in a second. He did do that this year. I know it feels like years ago, Joe Biden accidentally saying the N-word during a uh, press conference. <laughs> Uh, so Joe Biden also lied during one of these events, claiming that there were more COVID deaths than World War II, World War One, and Vietnam combined. That was a lie. But we can play that anyway. Let's play cut number four. Each day, I receive a small card in my pocket that I carry with me in my schedule. It shows the number of Americans who have been infected by or died from COVID-19. Today, we mark a truly grim, heartbreaking milestone. 500,071 dead. That's more Americans who have died in one year in this pandemic than in World War I, World War II, and the Vietnam War combined. Not true. It wasn't true. It was a lie then. It's a lie now. And it's a lie now because if we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, this is news coming out of the CDC just in the last day or two. 
if we can put on my my screen, as we told you, the C, the CDC is no longer allowing for PCR tests to be used. Is no longer um, going to renew the emergency use authorization through the FDA for a PCR COVID nineteen test. And the reason which the CDC just admitted this is right from their website. You see right here, is that they <laughs> the PCR test cannot differentiate between COVID-19 and influenza viruses. I will say that again. The CDC now says what we have been saying all along, the testing cannot differentiate between COVID and influenza. So when they say that influenza took a holiday last year, that's not true. Flu deaths were counted as COVID deaths. People who had the common cold or influenza-like illnesses who got tested were counted as COVID cases. This is a complete scandal. I mean, we knew this. We were talking about this. We got fact-checked when we were broadcasting on YouTube back in the day over this claim. And we were right all along. PCR tests are bullshit. They've always been bullshit. But now that Joe Biden's president, and now that they are eager to reduce the number of cases that are being reported, they are ditching PCR tests and they're urging laboratories to, quote, consider the an adoption of multiplexed method that can facilitate detection and differentiation of SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses. Hmm. Hmm. So it makes you wonder about that claim from Joe Biden just now on that video that you just saw. 500,000 dead. No, it's just not. It's just not true. It's just not true. So he also said a lot more gibberish. <laughs> I mean, I, I had to kind of figure which gibberish bits I wanted to play. But here is him trying to pronounce Canadian names and failing miserably at it. Mr. Producer, let's play cut five. Let me reiterate our support for the release of the detained Chinese so, so detained in China, two Canadians, Michael Spavar and Michael Coving. Covering, excuse me. Human beings are not, yeah, not bartering good. chips. So he, he, Joe Biden versus the teleprompter is a recurring theme you'll see throughout our review of Biden's first year in office. Um, yeah, and I get it. It's a different country. French sounding names, fine. But this one. This is one where I have to warn viewer discretion advice because Joe Biden said the N-word. He did. He said it. Not only did he say it, but closed captioning for YouTube confirmed that he said it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna say it. I don't want to get canceled. But Mr. Brewster, let's let's watch Joe Biden say it. Let's play cut number six. On together is broad and complex. I'm eager, to hear, I'm eager to hear, eager to hear next from my good friends. And I was. <laughs> Joe Biden. You can't say the N word, Joe Biden. Let's watch it again with closed captioning from YouTube turned on. Just so you can know that your eyes weren't playing tricks on you. The algorithm at YouTube heard it as well and put it in the closed caption. Let's play cut seven. On together is broad and complex. And I'm eager to hear, I'm eager to hear, eager to hear next from my good friends. And I was- oh. Every time, every time, 
And if we put up image eight, just to confirm the still frame, not altered, not doctored, it's right there. Now, I don't know. I guess he was trying to say I'm eager to hear. I don't know why you dropped the N-bomb, the N-word there. I don't know. But he did. He did. From the White House. I think you have to go all the way back <laughs> a few decades. You have to go Lyndon Johnson to find a president just dropping the N-word from the White House. Whew. Jeez. I mean, I hate Joe Biden, but you, you can't do that. You just can't. <sighs> uh, so another theme of Joe Biden's first year in office is that he never really knew where he was or why he was there. And this is one of the earliest instances of him quite literally asking from the podium with the mic turned on, what am I doing here? Mr. Bruce, let's play cut number nine. Uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event and representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Pinell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Mayor Turner, Judge Hidalgo. What am I doing here? Uh, thank you all for welcoming what us. What am I and doing And Jill and here? I wanted it. to visit Texas today. What am I doing here? That is something that Joe Biden has said more than probably any president at the mic. And he's only been occupying the Oval Office for a year. Wow. What am I doing here? But then Joe Biden also promised when he was caught off guard by a question that he's learning lots. See, Joe Biden, his, his brain is like a sponge. It's like a really old sponge that probably should have gotten thrown out a couple of years ago. But it's still like a sponge. And he is just absorbing. He is absorbing information at an unprecedented rate for an octogenarian. Let's play him saying he's learning lots. Play cut number 10. Did you receive a briefing about the border today? Uh, yes, I did. What did you learn? A lot. Is there a crisis on the border, sir? Learned a lot. Don't worry. Joe Biden learned a lot. He learned a lot. He learned a lot. So jump ahead to March 8th on International Women's Day, Joe Biden signed two executive orders creating the Gender Policy Council and another directing the Department of Education to basically reverse the Title IX changes that Donald Trump had enacted. Title IX is the part of U.S. civil rights law that prohibits sex-based discrimination in any school or any other education program that receives federal funding. And the reason that Donald Trump made changes to Title IX is Back in the day in, in the Obama years, remember there was this thing called the Dear Colleague Letter, and that came down from the Department of Education telling schools to basically, it, it, when, they're, when they're handling cases of alleged rape or alleged sexual assault, to treat the man as a second-class citizen. Basically, I mean, we live in a system of, of government, a judicial system, where you are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. So if someone accuses you of raping them, it is their job, it's the prosecution's job to prove it happened, not your job to prove that it didn't happen. So what the Obama administration did was actually encourage 
they say encouraged, but it was a very thinly veiled threat actually requiring that, that colleges and universities dismiss the whole innocent until proven guilty thing and basically treat male males who are accused of sexual assault as guilty until proven innocent and to basically convict them under a lower standard of evidence, right? So if someone says, I, you raped me, but I can't prove it, it would never see the inside of a courtroom because they don't have any evidence. But the school could say, that's enough evidence for me. You're now expelled. Well, Donald Trump said that's not right. Obviously, no one wants to protect rapists or, or anyone who abuses women. They're the most vile people among us, right after the people who do the same to children. But you can't have men being kicked out of school when they didn't do anything. That, that was happening. Well, Donald Trump tried to fix that by forcing schools to treat men as if they're innocent until proven guilty. It's a very strange concept, right? Well, Joe Biden rescinded that. And men and college universities are back to being treated as second-class citizens. And another huge accomplishment by Joe Biden. Good job, Joe Biden. So... <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. There's a time here in March where Joe Biden had the feed cut. The White House began cutting his feed. So when Joe Biden's on television and he starts getting questions, instead of letting him answer them, White House aides are literally pulling the plug and just shutting down the live streams. We have a few of these. I, I hope that they're not duplicates, but I know it happened a few times in one week. Miss Producer, play cut 11. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm happy to take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nance, whatever you want me to do. <laughs> and it's gone. And it's gone. I'm happy to take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do. Pull the plug. White House screen. I mean, come on. Come on. Seriously? Seriously? And cut 12 is a duplicate, so we're going to go to cut 13 because then they did it again, like a day or two later. Miss Brewster, let's play cut 13. I'm going to ask some questions now. The press is going to leave, and I'm going to get... <laughs> That was not edited. I did not add that sound in post. That is the sound of an analog wire being unplugged. Right? That's... Let's play that again. Play cut 13 one more time. I'm going to ask some questions now. The press is going to leave and I'm going to get... <laughs> they literally just ripped the plug out of the wall. I mean, at least the other time they had the decency to do a transition. To do a transition to like the, the, the closed screen. This time they literally just ripped the cord out of the wall or out of the, out of the camera. Sounds like an old dial-up, old AOL dial-up. <laughs> oh, and then Joe Biden would get confused. He'd get confused. I mean, we knew this was coming. We're in Q1 and, and the signs of mental decline are already there. When Joe Biden would get confused and the White House didn't have control of the cameras, couldn't literally rip the cord out of the camera. 
they would usher the press out of the room as fast as they could so that no one could ask him a question. And that's what happened here in, in March. Ms. Brewster, let's play cut 14. I want to play that again in a second, and I want you to pay attention to his eyes when people start asking him questions that he's not expecting. Look at the confusion. Look at the uh, almost terror in his eyes that he's about to get ambushed by a press that isn't really w ready to crown him king, but are asking him, like you just heard, is there a crisis at the border? He doesn't have an answer for that. He created the crisis. What answer could he possibly have? Play that again, Mr. Bruiser. Everyone pay attention to his eyes as they are trying to usher the people out. Let's play cut 14. He is uh, confused, to say the least. He's confused, to say the least. Huh. Huh. So, right around this time, Joe Biden fell up the stairs for the second time. And I thought I pulled that clip, but I'm going to have to give it to Mr. Producer to get ready. Mr. Producer, um, let me just send this to you real quick through the messenger. Um, he fell up the stairs <laughs> on Air Force One. So first week in office, he stumbles, catches himself, but stumbles. I just sent that link. You can get it ready. Um, we, I want, I, we have to play that. We, we have to talk about that because it is... Um, it, it's it's probably the funniest part of his first year. But as we're getting that, Joe Biden also said a lot of gibberish. He shot a lot of gibberish. Mr. Brewster, while you're getting that ready, let's play cut 15. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway... I'm, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh, sing me. Miss Kim. All right, Mr. Mr. Cut it. <laughs> Let's play cut 16, him saying that he'll have transparency eventually. Will you commit to allowing journalists to have access to the facilities that are overcrowded moving forward? I will commit when my plan very shortly is underway to let you have access to not just them, but to other facilities as well be able to have access to the facilities. We've obviously been allowed to be inside one, but we haven't seen the facilities in which children are packed together to really give the American people a chance to see that. Will you commit to transparency on this issue? I will commit to transparency. And as soon as I am in a position to be able to implement what we're doing right now, I'm one of the reasons I haven't gone down, I have all my 
my chief folks have gone down is I don't want to become the issue. I don't want to be, you know, bringing all the Secret Service and everybody with me to get in the way. So this is being set up, and you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving. Okay, just to be clear. Eventually. You will get full access eventually. Well, Mr. Booster, we have that clip of Joe Biden falling up the stairs. Let's go ahead and play it. Oh, he's down. I'm sorry. That, that never gets old. That never gets old, yeah, of course. Turn and salute. First president ever to fall up the stairs twice in one month? Ah, maybe. I think he probably is. Probably is the first president ever to <laughs> fall up the stairs twice in one month. And he almost fell again. Like a couple days after this, he almost fell again. Caught himself. But he almost fell again. Miss Brewster, I have that second cut I just sent over to you right after. Is that one ready? Yep, ready to go. All right, let's play that one. Joe Biden almost falling, catching himself, but almost falling. So he he fell twice, almost fell a third time, and they and they kept saying, "Well, that's normal, completely normal for the president of the United States to fall up the stairs, completely normal." I mean, nothing to see here. This is the most popular president ever, the most fit old president ever, um, falling up the stairs. Important to note that this was also the week where Joe Biden confirmed he was running for re-election in twenty. 24. Hmm. All right. Well, bring it on, Joe. <laughs> bring it on. And then at the end of March, March 31st, Joe Biden announced that he was going to celebrate International Transgender Day of Visibility to celebrate the achievement of trans activists and increase awareness about ongoing challenges faced by transgender and gender nonconforming people. Now, I... I'm I'm all for people being comfortable. Whatever you want to be, you can be it, right? But the gender nonconforming, the inventing 50 pronouns because you want to be different, you want to be unique. It's it's mental illness. Let's just can we call it what it is? It's mental illness. And why we celebrate that. I mean, I, I anyone who is mentally ill and able to fight through that to accomplish great things, they should be celebrated. Some of the great scientific minds in history have had mental illness and been able to fight through it and accomplish great things. But that's not what we're talking about here. And convincing children and indoctrinating children to believe that it's normal. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Well, we did it. We got through the first three months, January, January is a short month, January, February, and March of Joe Biden's first year hopefully i mean if we had our way it'd be his last year in office but right now his first year in office um lots of lots of bullshit i mean lots of pandering 
lots of destroying Trump achievements because <laughs> God do that. But you're starting to see in the things we've talked about him setting the stage for the crises that we are facing today. High gas prices, right? Inflation. The stimulus. He passed the stimulus at this time. So that, <laughs> inflation, come on. All of the crisis we are facing today can be traced back to what Joe Biden did in his first two and a half months in office. And yeah, you have to, I mean, it looks like Republicans are starting to get a backbone, but in those early days, they were voting for, they were voting for Biden nominees, 80, 85 to 15 in the Senate. I mean, come on, have a backbone, grow a backbone, fight back. Luckily, Republicans seem to at least be pretending to fight back today. But uh, no, th this first three months, two and a half months in office, he did damage that it will take years, years to reverse. But we're in it for the long haul. We have to be. The country is too important. The future for our children, our grandchildren is too important. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, we're going to be doing the, this series the next couple episodes. So make sure you tune in for that. We go live 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. So tune in. And if you need the reminder, text the word freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. And you can add to our text alert system, letting you know what we're talking about and then how, when, and where you can watch. If you haven't already, please sign up for the audio edition of the podcast, especially Apple Podcasts. I know I sound like a broken record, but we need you to do that so we can climb up in those rankings. Just consider it an end of the year New Year's resolution. Subscribe to Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast places, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, um, and, or Audible. All those links are in the description. Um, so yeah, that's it for this episode. My name is Max McGuire. Remember everyone, the fight to take back our country isn't over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stamp and fight together.